If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Pixel Sift. Hello and welcome to Pixel Sieved. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. Uh, on Pixel Sieved, we speak to the creative minds of video games and interactive media to find out their stories. What does it actually take to make the experiences you love? This is episode 174 and joining me, uh, joining us to share their game is Ian McClarty, the creator of Mars First Logistics. Thanks for joining me, Ian. Thanks for having me. And now we can't wait to find out more about your game, Mars First Logistics, the physics-based game where you build and control your own mechanical creations to deliver cargo on Mars. Hey there. If you're enjoying the show and you want to hear more, subscribe to Pixel Sift on Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, or listen on pixelsift.com.au. See you there. Mars First Logistics is a game where you travel across the red planet in fantastic machines that you create yourself. Now, Ian, um, for those of us uninitiated, can you describe Mars First Logistics uh, for newcomers in your own words? It's a simulation game where you haul awkwardly shaped cargo um, across um, rugged terrain using um, machines that you build yourself out of Lego-like components. So, and it relies a lot on physics. So, for example, um, say there's like an awkwardly shaped pipe that you need to transport to a, a colony station. Um, you you have to design the little claw that picks it up and then pick it up and then drive over the rough terrain and deliver it to the station. Do you build multiple machines to do the job or do you just get one? You're free to like redesign your um, vehicle at any at any point, um, and normally because the the packages you're delivering will be all sorts of uh, different weird shapes and have different properties. Um, for example, there are things that might be very small but very heavy, um, such as like a dense matter sample, or there might be things that there's a anti gravity device that's not even affected by gravity. Sort of all different things that have different different properties, and you have to think about. Normally, you'd want to kind of design a machine specifically for each one, so um, you'd have to modify. Sometimes you can come up with a machine that will work for multiple different things, but um, you'll often have to tweak it for for different packages. So there's a kind of a design phase where you you, you see the thing that you're going to deliver, you you build something to try and deliver it with the components you have available, um, then you. You, you'll look at the map and see where you have to go. And there's a bit of a planning involved in that as well, like checking to see where, you know, sort of plotting a good route to take, sort of trying to, you know, if you just take a beeline, you'll probably end up in a ditch. So you want to kind of go around really rocky bits or whatever and 
um, plan your route and then actually navigate the terrain while holding your your package and not dropping it. So there's also a navigation portion of the game. That's really awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've quite sort of, um, I really like the map in the game. It's a top-down map with contour lines and you can zoom in quite far and really get like sort of see kind of detailed um, view of how rough the terrain is and stuff. So, um, so yeah, that's quite an important part because if you just go blind, you'll probably end up somewhere we don't want to be. Now, um, what is uh, some of the main inspiration of the game? Were you inspired by other other games or other art? One was that I've been quite interested in um, landscapes in video games, um, in particular after playing um, Red Dead Redemption 2 with some friends and exploring those landscapes and also traveling out of bounds of those landscapes. It just really kind of, I really enjoy those really vast kind of desolate kind of interesting landscapes and I was I started to explore kind of making my own versions of those using generative techniques so I made a game called Red Desert Render um, and I was really happy with the kind of the way that that landscape tech turned out so um, but I kind of wanted a I wanted a something a more interesting way to explore the landscape I wanted the landscape to kind of be um, almost like an adversary in the game yeah, I thought of this idea of like maybe you have to like actually transport things over the landscape, um, which would make it really interesting to to navigate and battle the landscape. Um, so that was kind of one influence. Another influence is Lego, um, specifically kind of old space Lego, but also Technic Lego. Um, there's the sort of components that you have are things like servo motors and little hydraulic cylinders. So it's very mechanical, kind of engineering focused. Um, you're kind of making little machines that actually work and move, and you can you can have a whole lot of servo motors and you know have them controlling different bits of the vehicle, and you can actually bind them to different keys on the keyboard, so you can actuate them different times. So you can create quite complicated machines with it. Yeah, I've always been sort of interested in that kind of like mechanical kind of engineering. So um, yeah, I think and the the visuals are kind of inspired by the kind of look of Lego instruction books with the kind of the black outlines and the kind of simple primary colors. Um, and I kind of like, I like the sort of, it looks nice, but it's also quite utilitarian and kind of functional. It's very clear and utilitarian kind of vibe about it, which I really like. That's also, that's actually what I did think um, to myself uh, when I was um, looking at the gameplay for the first time. I was like, this looks like a lot of like, like imagine if the Lego instruction book had come to life. Yeah, that's exactly kind of what I was going for. <laughs> so you said that the the landscape and the environment is an adversary. Um, are there any other uh, more? Are there any more tangible threats that uh, that you would normally find a traditional game? Like any actual adversaries? No, there's not any sort of enemies or anything that will attack you. Um, um, there, there, there will probably be like more sort of environmental um, uh, hazards. Um, I don't want to go into too many detail because I kind of like things I'm thinking of that I'm not necessarily sure I want to commit to. But, you know, like, I mean, it could be things like dust storms, things like that. But I have to kind of experiment around with those and kind of um, see if I can make them work. Um, so um, they're kind of avenues that I'm exploring. Now, um, this appears to be a much larger scale uh, game than uh, what, what you're seeing from you. Um it's a different kind of 
um, I think it, I, it probably looks a lot bigger because it, you know, it's a big open world, it's 3D, all that stuff. Um, I think, I mean, I, I have sort of deliberately chosen like, you know, the art style and, and it's a lot of, a lot of the models in the game are, are mechanical. So they're fairly easy to model, you know, they're kind of just ba- built out of sort of basic primitive shapes, you know. Um, there's not like um, kind of a lot of, say, facial animation or kind of really hard things to uh, for me to do. So in that sense, um you know, I've tried to try to choose kind of a, a look and kind of models in the game that that are um, feasible for for for, for me to make. Um, but yeah, it is. I mean, I think I, de- I definitely will spend a lot more time working on this one. So I think it is, in that sense, a bigger scale game. Um, but the actual, I mean, the process of like designing puzzles for a puzzle game is a very different kind of process, and it's it can be really hard. Um, you don't necessarily um, – it doesn't sort of translate into a game that feels big, you know, because the puzzle, when you see it, it looks, it looks like a really simple, small, elegant puzzle, but um, even though it took a lot of work to design it. Um, whereas here, sort of everything I add to the game kind of – you can kind of see it and it kind of give, makes it feel bigger. So um, – I think even though it is something I, I'm probably going to, uh, I'm definitely going to spend more time working on, um, it's probably the, the sense of scale is, is exaggerated because it's open world in 3D as well. Does this uh, does this project have a lot in common uh, with a Disassembler and uh, Caverns of Solaris? It's much more of a kind of, I mean, those, well, Catacombs of Solaris is much more like a aesthetic experience doesn't really have any goals um kind of just it's much more about just kind of experiencing the kind of colors and the visual effects and assembler is much more like a set of puzzles you know here's a set of puzzles and i put a lot of thought into designing all of them uh, and i mean there's like an endless mode and a an infinite mode as well um, on the daily modes um but but Mars First Logistics is much more a sandbox game, right? Um, I mean, you are you are being directed to deliver certain packages to certain stations, but you have a lot of choice about you know which ones you deliver, and also a lot of creative freedom about you know how you build your vehicle, and and you can pretty much go anywhere in the game. You're sort of more constrained by what sort of um, things you can build, you know. Um, so obviously, the, the more you play, the more bigger things you'd be able to build and the further you'd be able to go in the game. But it's much more much more of a creative game uh, and sort of um, open-ended game. Um, and the process for making it is very different because, um, you know, with something like Dissembler, I would say, okay, I'm, you know, I want to make uh, 100 Devils and I have to think of a kind of a unique uh, or interesting idea for each level and kind of iterate on that and kind of, um, refine that and then come up with like a little level um, and do that a hundred times. Whereas this is much more about thinking of what sort of interesting toys can I give the player to play with and then basically seeing, playing with them myself, making them, playing with them myself, you know, refining them, but also it, it just sort of seeing how fun they feel to play and what sort of potential do they have to create, create inter- interesting interactions. 
What are you most excited to explore in this project? Like what new skills uh, have you had to develop from a design perspective? So this is a kind of first kind of big kind of 3D physics-y game that I've made. I have done, you know, played with like 2D physics before, but um, that's kind of required a lot of learning and and um, tweaking and iterating and kind of get, getting the physics to kind of feel good. It's like, it's really difficult. Um, um, and I think, you know, I'm pretty happy with like where it is, um, but it's, it's um it's taken a lot of work to get there um and i wanted it to kind of feel like like things had momentum and and kind of i didn't want it to feel sort of too arcadey um i wanted the physics to sort of feel in quotes kind of realistic but also be playable and feel smooth and not not feel too janky yeah so that's been a big learning experience um also you know i haven't i've have been sort of doing quite a bit of 3d modeling but this is a kind of first kind of big game that actually requires quite a bit of 3D modeling. And so that's sort of developed a nice process for doing that that works well with the graphics in this game. Um, and it's it's like a fairly streamlined process. I don't really need to make um, – everything's kind of flat colors. And a lot of the, sh- the sort of shapes and, and the kind of what makes the graphics pop is the, the outlines. And, and that's all just generated from the – from the um the model so um i don't really need to make any textures everything otherwise everything's sort of flat colors so so it's fairly easy to to model this stuff but it's still required a lot of kind of um work to you know derive that at that process is it important to have other projects to work on because sometimes maybe you might get a bit burnt out on one and you can move on to the other it depends i think it depends i think i'm i'm pretty excited about Mars first logistics and so I'm really, really enjoying working on it. So I'm not, I can't really see myself getting burnt out on it anytime soon on the projects. And also, I think it depends on like what sort of potential you see for it. Like, I mean, I'm pretty happy to, I was pretty happy with the reception that the announcement got. Um, so I feel, I feel reasonably confident, like sort of spending a lot of time working on it and that it will, um, you know, hopefully make, um, a return and it'll be worth all that time um, but you know if it's a if it's like a smaller game um, something I'm not as confident will um, you know will have some commercial viability then then it's maybe good to have kind of several on the go just so you kind of you've got you know you've got you've got something to kind of go go into after you finish one you know um, I think after Jump Grid, I kind of, I was a bit, I had a bit of a low period where I didn't really have any kind of, I didn't have a project to jump straight into. And so it was it kind of, it's a bit, it's a bit of a downer when you don't really have like, it's like, oh, well, I should probably do something else, but what am I going to do? And you're kind of like, um, yeah, you don't really have, you feel like, oh, am I going to have any more good ideas kind of thing. So, um, but since then I've had quite a few good ideas that I've kind of, I've got a queue of them now, which is really nice. Um, so, um, yeah. Maybe not necessarily having, like, things to, like, jump between, but I think it's really nice to have, like, a queue of kind of projects, even if they're not really even started, but, like, sort of things that you can jump into after you finish something, um, just so you're not feeling kind of lost, right? At this stage, uh, it's, I know it's early stages, but what's been some of the most challenging aspects of, uh, of the game? 
and sort of getting the the wheels to feel good, like you know having like nice suspension, so they bounce up and down over rocks and and kind of steer in a sensible way, and a, a way that feels kind of natural and kind of and and allows you to do kind of slides. I really wanted you to be able to kind of slide around and have like dust fly up, and like kind of do donuts. You can do donuts and thing, sort of have that kind of nice vehicle kind of not sort of physics-y feeling um, driving, but then also have that work with like no matter where you put the wheels on the vehicle was, was really challenging. Uh, did you feel the need to create accurate gravity and accurate physics for Mars, not necessarily how it would work on Earth? No, it's not. No, it's not like a one-to-one simulation of Mars. Um, I wouldn't say I was like, I'm like, you know, totally fascinated with Mars or anything, but like it is, I mean, I remember following like the, you know, the Spirit and Opportunity rovers in like the early 2000s and being amazed at how how they just kept on going, you know, and they kind of just like these little jolly little robots that kind of go around and just do whatever they're told and they kind of just keep on chugging along. Um so that kind of like kind of worker robot kind of like um, just going going about their work and kind of just like getting their jobs done was kind of appealing. Um, and like as a setting, it's kind of quite nice because it's, it's, it's you know, it's another planet, so it's quite exotic, but it's also quite grounded because we've sent things there. It's people kind of have a sort of sense of what it should look like um so that makes it feel a bit more grounded as well um you know it's not like a some just completely invented planet um it's got a nice kind of palette the kind of the colors are quite interesting um it's got blue sunsets and if you know that like Mars sunsets actually blue so i didn't um, know that that's yeah. that's amazing so so th- there's like some screenshots in the game where there's like a blue sky and that's because it's like dusk and it's not like an accurate blue, but the the Martian sunsets are actually blue. Um, so, yeah, I think so. From that point of view, it's kind of like a nice, sort of grounded setting that people can. Um, um, they sort of, you know, they've seen like a lot of images of Mars, so you can kind of work with that and um, um, play into that. Um, and obviously, a lot of like a lot of reference material that I can use, like photos of a lot of photos of different rocks and things like that. And it's quite a challenging kind of like I'm quite enjoying because it's a very kind of barren landscape, and it's it'd be quite easy to kind of have everything look very samey. But I'm I'm kind of really enjoying kind of the challenge of kind of making it still look varied, um, even though it's it's just rocks and sand. You know, there's lo- lots of different shapes of rocks and kind of different kind of shapes of mountains and kind of dunes and things like that. Kind of like, I think it's really in the different times of day and stuff and, and um, kind of working w- within those constraints to still make it feel kind of varied and, and interesting to explore is kind of an interesting challenge, I think. So, Was the, te- the temptation to put like legacy rovers and like the Curiosity rover in your game, just like have them maybe just exist as geometry and you can go check them out? I hadn't thought of that. Um, it's an interesting idea. I don't know what, like, the RP issues with that would be. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I didn't think of that. But um, but um, uh, my, my friend Terry actually had this idea, which I think is a really good one, where, like, there could be – there's a lot of famous rocks 
um, on Mars that actually have names. There's actually a Wikipedia page with like the names of all the rocks that they've discovered on Mars. So it might be cool to actually have those actual rocks like in the game that you could find, you know, <laughs> things like that. Um, um, you know, nods to actual Mars exploration, even though it's even though it's a you know it's still very much a video game. It's not. I haven't modeled the whole Martian surface kind of thing, you know. It's um, but um, I think it would be nice to have kind of nods to actual Martian, Martian exploration in there. Yep. There's like a, there's sort of this like trend in I've been seeing in kind of video games for these kind of simulation games where and they're kind of getting more and more kind of um, must mundane, but but they're they seem really popular and it's, I think it's really nice. Like there's like one called um, Lawnmower Simulator. There's one called Power Wash Simulator. I mean, if you've seen these, it's like a simulator game. I've you're seen Lawnmower. Wash. I haven't seen yeah. Power Wash yet, but that's amazing. Power Wash, Power Wash. So you have like oh, one yeah. of those square spray washes. Oh, and yeah. you just clean like windows and houses and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's really cool and really liberating because like, it's like, like, it's like, that would be a really fun thing to make, you know, like a, a kind of a sort of a, I mean, I, in a sense, I'm kind of making something like that, but like, it's sort of like, think of a thing that would be fun to make and, and then just make, you know, doing that thing. Um, you know, if you think of a kind of a, like a job game, like a thing that, you know, people might like to do, but they, you know, they don't want to necessarily take on their career, you know, but they, they might sort of like, it might be kind of an idle fantasy or something. And a lot of those games, I imagine they'll be really fun to make because you kind of, all you're really doing is you're kind of making, doing whatever that job is fun to do, you know. It's not like you're not sort of, it's a very kind of different design because you're not like designing, the, it's not the sort of tarty design kind of levels or um, puzzles or anything like that. So it's a, it's a much more kind of playful sense of design that can be really fun to make because you're just, you, you know, it's a, you're creating a simulation, right? So I don't know. I, I'm really, I'm really enjoying this kind of like exploring this kind of simulationy kind of genre because it's quite, from a design perspective, it's quite liberating. So um, I guess like if you're another developer, um, you know, maybe look into it because I, I don't know. I'm, I'm quite enjoying working in that kind of space at the moment. So. Um, and it does seem to be kind of, you know, there is an audience for that kind of game, which is really nice. So it is like, is kind of a, a feasible genre. So, And that's all we have time for on this episode, 174 of Pixel Sift. You can wishlist Mars First Logistics right now on Steam and get an alert when it comes out. Thanks for joining us on the show once again, Ian. Thank you for having me. Pixel Sift is produced by Fiona Bartholomeus, Nicholas Kennedy, Daniel Ang, Sarah Ireland, Viv Thumb, and Adam Christo. Gianni Di Giovanni is our executive producer, and my name is Mitch. I'm the senior producer. As always, we will be putting links to everything we talked about in the show notes on our website, pixelsift.com.au. You can also give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We're on all those social medias. You can also come join us on our Discord. We'd love to have you there. That's pixelsift.com.au forward slash discord there you can share your creative work and talk about topics games and anything else and while we've got your attention can we ask you to please share the show word of mouth is very important to small podcasts like us and we'd very much appreciate it thank you once again to ian mcclarty for joining me on this episode 
And as always, thank you for watching and listening. We'll catch you later. If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled.